and five the podcast where we ask five simple questions to ministry practitioners to learn more about who they are and where they see god moving in their community as you can tell from the intro music this is a special christmas edition of mission in five from december 7th through the 9th of 2018 the first baptist church in north platte produced its 25th annual bob Rao living christmas tree in today's episode we will meet one of the directors of the tree to learn more about this great christmas tradition um, my guest today is Daryl Drulinger. Daryl has been a member at First Baptist Church for many, many years, and he has been deeply involved with the First Baptist Church North Platte's Living Christmas Tree. Uh, it's been going on for several years, and I just kind of want him to share with us a little bit about that holiday tradition. So welcome to the podcast, Daryl. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, let's just jump right into a few of our yeah. questions to uh, kind of get us started here. Um, okay. Who, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well, I'm Daryl Drollinger, longtime Baptist. Grew up in Shadron First Baptist Church and went to Sioux Falls College at the time and then moved down here and started teaching in 1976. And I've been here ever since and been a member of First Baptist for most of that time. Well, very good. What brought you to First Baptist Church, North Platte? What maybe brought you to the community of North Platte to begin with? Well, I I wanted to teach. I have, uh, my sister had lived here in North Platte for many years, and I always liked coming to visit North Platte and just being here. And I knew a lot of North Platte people my age from uh, Camp Moses Merrill experience. And, you know, when you're out of college, you're looking for a job, period. And this was one that I first looked at because I just really liked the area and was interested in moving here. And when I moved here, uh, it to me was an obvious choice to attend First Baptist Church. And um, that's where I've been. That's my home. Over the course of our lives here, we have three children that have also been involved in Camp Merrill experience. Uh, My daughter and her husband are involved in the youth ministry of First Baptist Church now, and they have three um, adorable children that are our grandchildren, and we just have a lot of fun having that family experience all together here. Yeah, we had a chance to meet uh, Brittany and Sam a few episodes back, and they shared a lot about their ministry there in North Platte, so it's cool to kind of m- make some more of those connections. True, true, very true. So I know you're a pretty eclectic guy. Um, do you have any interests or hobbies you, you want to share with everybody? Oh, um, theater is my, theater and music are my big things. Um, theatrical music, I should say. I'm not a big musician otherwise, although I do like to sing in choirs and stuff. But um, that's kind of what, I was a performing arts minor at Sioux Falls College. And um, that's kind of what got me into the living Christmas tree is I enjoy the drama, I enjoy the costumes, I enjoy all of that business. And um, it was just a natural fit when we started doing it that, I'd be involved with it. So I jumped in with both feet um, running, kind of like is my habit. And <laughs> my wife <laughs> my wife also sings, and 
she helped with costumes and our kids were younger, but they wanted to be in it. And so they took children's roles in different productions that we did of it. And uh, here we are. Yeah. So we're talking about a, a living Christmas tree. Um, can you kind of set the stage right. for us? Like, what exactly are we talking sure. about when we say living Christmas tree? Okay. It is, uh, we started in 1994 with this, and we started it with a um, structure that we built ourselves. It was out of wood. Um, it's 18, 18 foot tall and has, uh, I don't remember, it's five or six levels covered with green skirting and uh, artificial greenery and Christmas lights, and sometimes the lights are changing colors or they're flashing and the people stand on the risers behind the lights and sing the songs and in between songs there's um, narration and drama. When we first started out in 1994, we used a um, pre-written version, shall we say, that was like a Christmas cantata and we incorporated that into it. Over the course of the years, um, while that was nice, it didn't always fit with what we wanted. And so we started, after two or three years, we started writing our own. And we would pick music from different um, cantatas or Christmas music. And um, I have written several. Brittany has written several. We would sit down with the directors and just kind of talk about where we wanted to go that year. What were some ideas that we had? We've had some that um, were kind of formulated at the last minute. And they came out to be the best ones that we have done. Hmm. We have had some that we wrote on all year, um, and they were very good. One of my favorites was North Platte is the home of the North Platte Canteen, which yeah. is an important part of North Platte history. And we found a cantata that was called Christmas Swing, and it's all the Christmas carols, but it's put to swing music, very much music of the era. And um, the drama that we wrote revolved around a family that was making sandwiches and making popcorn balls and making all the things that are part of the history to go down to the depot to pass these out to the troops that were going through. And it was very well accepted. In fact, we did it one year and then about five years later, we repeated it, which is something we haven't done a lot of in the past. We usually try and come up with different things. I think we have three shows that we've repeated over the years, Right, but um, it's just, you know, and it's good, and the crowd wants it back again because they heard about it and maybe didn't get to see it. Yeah. Um, you want you want them to experience that. Um, last year, we were struggling a little bit trying to get things written because after this many years, you know, sometimes the creative cells dry up. And we had Christmas conversations, and it was um, the innkeeper. It was the innkeeper's son. It was a camel boy. It was one of the shepherd's wives. And they just talked to the audience between the songs about their experience. The innkeeper saying, I didn't know who was knocking at my door. If I had known, I would have made room for them. I, I found them room in a stable and how badly he felt when he found out that it was the Messiah hmm. and his son talking years later about how that grieved his father for many years that he had turned the family to the manger rather than finding them a room in the inn, even to giving up his own bed that he would have done that had he known. And, you know, the camel boy was a runaway that traveled with the wise men and helped take care of the camels and what was going through his mind, why he ran away and how it all panned out. And 
it was just one of the very best received ones that we have done. And it was just, I don't know how to describe it. It was just very unique and very different, but it was a good one. Yeah. So you're talking about an 18-foot wooden platform that's now metal that holds a choir? Yes, holds up to 50 people, I believe, was our biggest number. Um, usually we're around 35 to 40 in that neighborhood. Last couple of years we've been in the 25-person um, neighborhood, but um, they all stand on there. And one year when we did the canteen, they dressed in clothing appropriate for the period, um, the dresses, yeah. the suits, the bib overalls and everything. And other times we have worn matching vests and blouses and neckties and that sort of thing. Um, one year it was kind of a a Christmas party atmosphere and everybody wore ugly Christmas sweaters and, and did that in it. <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know, the, after putting a wooden structure up and taking it down with all the nuts and bolts, as you said, um, so many times that wood starts to splinter and starts to need replaced. And we found a um, company out of Texas that made a steel version of it. And we did fundraisers and we ended up doing um, a new structure because we just really needed to do that um, for yeah. stability. And also it's a lot easier, a lot easier to put it up and take it down. So that's been good. So we've got the tree. You also have a platform that you've built for the drama or the, the play portion of it. Right. We correct? have two, uh, two platforms, actually one on either side. Um, we don't always use two of them, but we oftentimes do. And um, then we have the drama people, which typically they're anywhere from five people in the drama to 20 people in the drama, depending on which um, show we're doing that year. We have um, people that do fundraising because we do we buy new music typically or we trade around music as we can. Um, we have people that sew costumes whether they're biblically traditional costumes or whether they are uh, modern costumes, but we need to, you know, have costumes taken care of. We oftentimes use a children's choir, so we have to have someone babysitting them backstage until it's time for them to come on and go out um, right. and keeping them quiet so they're not disturbing the performance. Publicity is a big thing because we try and get the word of it to all the churches in town um, as well as outside the churches for non-church people. We like them to come as well, and we get um, retirement homes that come. This year we have actually have a bus tour that is coming to North Platte to see the Living Christmas Tree, which we're excited about. Wow. Um, Where are they coming from? You know, that one I don't know. I just heard that on Sunday that they are there's a bus tour that is coming, and they're going to do several things in North Platte. But one of the big things is to see the Living Christmas Tree. Um, oh, that's cool. We have a technical crew that does all the sounds and lights. Um, we have some people that sing that help put the tree up and take it down, but we also have a lot of people that don't sing that put the tree up and down because that's a gift that they have that they can do and still be a part of it. And then every night um, after the performance, we have a cookie and coffee time that um, the people can come up and fellowship together and fellowship with the choir and stuff. And, um, that takes a lot of cookies. <laughs> I've always yeah, wanted to be the head cookie tester, but I never, you know, I was, usually when I'm <laughs> announcing about that on Sunday mornings, I joke about that, but 
I have yet to anybody bring me a plate of cookies yet and say, okay, test these and see if these are good enough for the coffee time afterwards. So <laughs> I have to rely on sneaking one out of the kitchen every once in a while. But it it involves a lot of people. Yeah. How many would you guess? I mean, you may not know off the top of your head, but a good round number. <sighs> oh, I'd say 75 to 80 every year. Wow. By the time you get everybody involved. Um, some years we've had some lyrical dancers that have taken part in some of the music, um, which I know, you know, Baptists have that thing about dancing, but it's been <laughs> a truly and an, a truly enriching part of the music to have um, these dancers performing. Yeah. We've had um, signers that have signed the American Sign Language words to people in our audience that mm. may be deaf. Yeah. Um, we, we had people, um, both times that we did the uh, canteen Christmas, we actually had ladies, older ladies now, that were in the community at the time that were younger and helped their mothers make chicken salad and make fried chicken and make popcorn balls. And one lady actually put her phone or her name and address, um, a slip of paper inside of a popcorn ball. And that's how she met her husband. And she was with us both years. Wow. That's kind of a special thing to you know, get yeah. to do to have them with us. Yeah, that's pretty special. Do all your volunteers, I guess, come from the church or is it a community event? Originally, they did. All of the singers, everybody were involved, was involved with it, were with the church. Over the course of the years, we've had people from um, in the community that have said, oh, we just really, really enjoyed listening to that. But, you know, we sing and we would like to do that. Can we sing with you? And we have them, had them come out, and we rehearse every Sunday afternoon, and they have come and joined us. And um, as a result of that, some of those people have started attending our church. Others have not, but they come, you know, on special events and stuff. And it's kind of their second church home. It's not their first church home, but it's their second church home. And we willingly accept them with loving arms because they truly make the performance that much better. So when does the planning begin for the tree? Like, um, I mean, when, when do require rehearsals begin? When does the lighting crew start setting stuff up? I mean, I'm sure it's not all at the same time. No. Um, usually we're done the 1st of December, you know, the first weekend of December or second weekend of December in there. In January or February, while everything is still fresh in our mind, the committees meet and go over, this worked this year, this did not work this year, we need to change this for next year. What are we looking at for next year? And we throw out some ideas as far as the theme of the tree, perhaps. Um, and we start laying those plans. Then in September, we start um, the rehearsals. And it used to be open. This The last several years, we have had people audition, uh, particularly if we don't know them from our church that we know they want to sing, but we, you know, we want to make a joyful noise to the Lord. And so um, we have had auditions. Um, very seldom has anyone not passed through the auditions, but we just kind of like to know what we're working with there. And they rehearse every Sunday afternoon. Um, now this week on Tuesday, they started hauling all the components of the tree over. And mm-hmm. uh, tu- Tuesday night they worked on getting everything up to the front of the church and laying it out. And I believe they actually started 
the structure as far as the steel beams going up. And then tomorrow they'll start putting the wooden platforms on that the people stand on. And um, the lighting has been brought in and is attached to the ceiling of the sanctuary. We rent that every year. And once that's all in place, then uh, we have a crew that comes in and uh, puts on all the tree skirting. It's a green fabric. And we put that on and then we put the Christmas greenery on top of it. And then we have a set order that the thousands of little twinkly lights go on. And um, it's just working around the clock. Uh, we have costumers are working on trying to put those things together right now. Um, and we used to do five, our first couple of years, we did five shows. It was Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Sunday night, and we also did a Sunday matinee. And uh, that's is just kind of a rough performance schedule for volunteer singers. It really is. Even for a professional choir, that really wears out the voices and stuff. So we cut it back. Um, and now we're just doing the Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Um, we also do prelude music, which incorporate a whole another group of people. We have bell choirs that perform for the audience while they're waiting for the program to start. We have brass quartets and quintets that perform. We have piano and uh, organ duets. Um, so it really does involve a lot of people as they go through this. Wow, that is quite the uh, volunteer uh, force there in North Platte. <laughs> it really is. It very much is. Well, let's talk a little bit about... Um, earliest foundings you, you mentioned it started out in 1994 um do you know like kind of where it came from and whose ideas it was and and these sort of things sure it was uh built with memorial money for robert rao who is the choir director of our um congregation for many many years and <clears throat> there had <clears throat> excuse me there had been talk about doing this sort of thing uh, for a number of years before that. Um, there are other communities in Nebraska and in California and wherever that um, people had seen this sort of performance and thought it was neat and thought that would be something good for our church. But at the time, um, you know, it was one of those things. It costs a lot of money. And when Robert passed away, his family um, was approached about using the memorial money for it. And they did. They agreed to it, and we were off and running. Yeah, I remember the the very first time I had ever even heard of a, a living Christmas tree. I was in college, and there was a big church in Memphis that that did one, and they had live animals and everything. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, um, we've never tried the live animals. We don't have <laughs> a lot of exotic sure. animals around, nor do we have the the space to. Um, get them on and off right, the right. altar area where we have the stage. But um, we had one lady who was affiliated with a church in California at the time who had built one. And I believe that's where they got the original um, blueprints for the original tree were oh, through wow. her in her church back home. So, All right. So um, let's talk about this year. Um, do you have a theme? Okay. Um. We do. It's a rewrite of one that we called The Promise that was our 1997 one. That one had a um, script where a prophet was telling the story, wandering up and down the aisle, reading from a scroll 
about the story, but it involved about 30 wow. people in the drama part of it. Um, you know, a lot of people that you normally don't see, Anna and Simeon, for example, and just there were a lot of people by the time you get all the wise men and the shepherds and the angels and everybody involved. Um, and we just don't have that many people to be involved in the drama of it anymore. And so um, it was rewritten somewhat, keeping along the same music lines, though. And um, the original idea was to use um, artwork in the instead of a prophet, it was going to be an art um, curator who was going to talk about paintings that had to do with those same scenes and dis and discuss those a little bit. And um, a week or so ago, we found out that the screen that we had planned on using to project these artworks on had been damaged and was not oh, repairable. No. And um, some of the other technical equipment that we were planning on using. Um, had changed as well. And so we're in the midst of still keeping somewhat along that same line that we're having to rework some of it. And I have not heard uh, today where we're at with that, but we're getting close. And I know that um, there's always some divine inspiration that comes <laughs> along and that will work well, out. Very good. Very good. Um, is there anything else about the tree you want to share? Um, you know, it's been interesting that there were children who were baby Jesus or baby shepherds or baby angels, and now they're adults wow, yeah. and still, you know, have connections to it. Um, you should have one of those baby when you Jesuses start thinking come back about and be it. adult Jesus. Yeah, we need to. We've had, we've had an adult Jesus in it before. Um, we haven't for a few years, but that would work very well for that. Um, just some of the dynamics of it, um, that I think people might find interesting. Um, we use 168 feet of green skirting. Wow. We have 200 feet of lights, um, a thousand feet of lumber in our original one, um, 300 feet of speaker cables and 800 feet of microphone cables. And it's just, sometimes it's yeah. overwhelming when you look at all this stuff laying in piles and know that it's all got to be put up and hooked up correctly right. and wired and worked and everything. But it always does. It always does well. So, Well, do you have anything else you want to share about the tree? No, just would like to wish people Merry Christmas and hope that you can come see it sometime. Very good. Well, we've been talking with Daryl Drulinger, longtime member at First Baptist Church of North Platte. He has been uh, deeply involved in the the living Christmas tree now for 24 years. Thanks, Daryl, for taking the time to speak with us. You bet. Thank you for calling. All right. You have a good day. Thank you.